Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a non-profit Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. We have free audio transcriptions for this podcast linked in the episode description if you wish to read instead of listen. Both Elizabeths are trained writers and editors, so we're going to have some opinions about the construction of the story. These opinions may be different from yours, but we're not attacking the comic, just offering suggestions. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you are old enough to be shipped off of Alternia to serve her imperious condescension. It's time to go to hell. Hi, and welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth, although I should... Uh, I, gotta, I gotta say, Elizabeth, before we start this, I have a pitch for you for just the entire rest of this podcast, like, into infinity. Well, I hope not into infinity, but go ahead. I would very much prefer if our podcast was, like, more child-friendly. Really? Um, mm, the thing is, we do have that whole bit at the beginning where it says, like, not to listen until you're old enough to be shipped off of Alternia, blah, blah, blah. So, I, what what spurred this? So... I'm I'm not naming uh, my relation to this child or my relation to this child's parents. There's a child that is very close to me. Every night before bed, they um, listen to this podcast. This is their nighttime podcast. Well, not that I'm not flattered, but I'm also perhaps concerned... Child-friendly, I can see where you're coming from now. Yes, apparently this child cannot go to bed without listening to Lizzie's podcast, which is what the child calls me. <laughs> and apparently every every time uh, the child says goodnight to the podcast, the child thinks that your name is Color. Well, that's nice, I think. Any any particular reason for that, yeah. That's just what the child calls, like, strangers and, like, the general unknown, so... That's a good level to be at. Also, I will mention, this child is two years old. <laughs> oh, God. Two entire years old. Oh, no! We're, we're a bad influence! Listen, their favorite show is Bob's Burgers, so I don't think this is really, like... This is no, I think this might be worse. You know who you are, and you need to- it's bedtime. <laughs> you know what it means when it's dark outside? It's time for bed. Anyway- Oh, right, so, okay, we're good so now. Fuck. The child is- <laughs> No! Fuck!
we're going straight from a G rating to an R rating. Okay. Listen, listen. Uh-huh. I told the child's parent, I'm not changing any of my dog damn ways. And, you know, they know that this podcast is not safe for bedtime. So, fine. It's This is just how it's going to fucking go. So many things happened in this uh, reading session. Part of it was my fault. Because I was like, I need to keep going and read more Kanaya Rose conversations. <laughs> and then we just sort of kept going. And it ended up being like, what, almost 100 pages? Yeah. So, Elizabeth, as... As a treat. Yes. We can have a, a little of Rosemary as a treat after the minigame, I'd say. Aw, uh, not until then. No, we can we can talk about them later. And then, you know, it's it'll be very cute because it was very cute. We had to stop like five times and go, Kanaya, you're so gay. Oh my god. Uh that that will be our treat for getting through the rest of this. Okay. There are first things first. Uh-huh. John and Ruska. I I knew that's where you were going to go first. I could sense it like like the tide receding off the beach before a tsunami. I was almost going to say Dave and Terezi because that was kind of a shorter interaction um that we could get over with quickly. But I mean, I kind of have to talk about John and Ruska because Ruska is like really like rubbing off on him. To be clear, not in the bad Vriska kind of way. Like, he isn't exhibiting any bad Vriska behaviors, but he is picking up her- Her quirk? Yeah, exactly. He's speaking in eights. It is. Listen, it's fine. John has a friend. Mm-hmm. John just knows how to make a friend. Vriska- also, kind of concernedly, is, like, dressing him? Yeah, in clothes like hers. Yes. And also, like, micromanaging him. Also, does she have a crush on him? I feel like yes. Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Vriska, yes. Like, <laughs> just yes? Just saying. Yeah. Vriska, I, I hate to say this out loud with my mouth, with my human mouth. Uh-huh. But Vris Vriska has disaster by energy. <laughs> you're right. I mean- Like, I hate it, but you're right. I'm right and I shouldn't say it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You could also technically still call Vriska a disaster lesbian, though, because John- Right. Under the John June, yeah? Yeah, the the John June Collective. Wait. I mean, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, no, yeah. Frisco wakes up in a cold sweat years later like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, everything makes sense now. Everything makes sense. <laughs> it does not explain Tavros. That was compet. Can you have compulsory heterosexuality if there's no distinction between being gay and straight on Alternia? Can you have comp head in that sense? I guess it would be like comp bi? What are you even- <laughs> To be bi or we had this conversation last time. How like, there are clearly lesbians because of Kanai, we had that whole discussion. But like, if 
you're just assumed to be attracted to all genders. You you see what I mean? Like, it does make sense once you explain it. The, the word is bad. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> and it doesn't exist on Earth, clearly. But, like, in a culture like the trolls culture, like, I think that would, you know? You're not wrong. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say that's, that, that could make sense. Yeah. I think it still works. I think that would still explain if we were to read Friska as a lesbian. Like, that would still, that would still work. It would still work. And I kind of hate that. Oh, I, I do too. But it would also explain why, like, the, the whole Friska Travelers thing, well, partly explain, you know. Why the Vriscatabulous thing was always, like, so, like, mmm, that's, that's not right at all. It also wasn't right because Vriska, you know, was treating him like that. Clearly. It does, it does explain why, like, at, like, the first sign that, like, Tavros was like, I'm getting outside help for this, Vriska was like, yeah, I'm dropping it, I don't care. Yeah, exactly, like, oh, this isn't working out, okay, bye. Because if Vriska, like, actually cared about it, she would you know, work harder to try to manipulate that situation in her favor? Clearly, she's very persistent, so it, it isn't usual for her to just be like, oh, yep, nope, done. God, did we just crack Friska? I think so. At least Friska's sexuality. Troll romance sure is weird. Human romance sure is weird. Anyway, so yeah, they have a budding friendship? Question mark? Uh Hmm. Oh, I'm gonna make a comparison. Oh, no, don't you do that. I'm gonna, because there's two- okay. I'm laying myself down in a coffin filled with flowers. Of Vriska relationships. There's, there's a whole bunch in the middle that are bad, okay? They're just all- they're, almost all of them are bad. Okay, go on. Uh-huh. And um, they're bad in different ways. A lot of them are bad because Riska has some sort of power over the other person and manipulates them. Others are bad because just because Riska's an asshole and the other person hates her. And then on the two very ends of the spectrum, there are two Riska relationships that actually seem balanced. And one on one end is Vriska and Kanaya, and on the other end is Vriska and John. I hate that. But am I wrong? The the person or people that Vriska ends up with, I don't actually remember. Like, I think I know, but I like I could not tell you for sure because I it's one of those things where I, I don't remember if it's a fandom thing or if it's a canon thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I can see that. I don't know who the endgame Vriska ships are. The thing is, I didn't hate the Vriska-John conversations. No, I didn't. As much as you said, like, oh, Vriska's rubbing off on John, like, okay, he's, like, using her typing quirk. But that's just John. John does stuff like that. He sort of, like, picks up things like that because, like, oh, it's cool, or oh, he's teasing this person, or it doesn't seem like Vriska affects him at all. Like, she doesn't make him mad. She isn't really even succeeding at manipulating him very much. Like, you know, any more than anyone else could. John is a fairly easily manipulatable person in general just because he's very trusting. And I don't think that she is doing any better at that. That she has any more power over him than really anyone else we've seen. 
And he just, like, keeps coming back to her, like, attempts at, like, whatever, manipulation and being uh, outright mean. Like, it just rolls off of him. No, no effect. Just, like, you know, kind of teasing and, oh, man, you're so bossy. And it's, it's, like, it's nothing to him. You know how you are immune to malaria if you have sickle cell anemia? I didn't know that, but go on. Vriska is a disease. Uh-huh. That preys upon you and your immune system and everything. Yeah, I think we I think we established before that Vriska was a disease. Go on. Actually, if we're going with the malaria thing, malaria is technically a parasite. Yeah, so Vriska's a parasite. Okay. In theaters 2019. And <laughs> the other condition that is perhaps detrimental in some other ways, but also at the same time makes you immune to the specific disease of Vriska is head empty. <laughs> head empty, no Vriska. <laughs> well. <laughs> he's too stooted. As I said last episode, he's too happy. He's too stooted. No, he isn't. Be nice to him. I'm not saying that as an insult. No, okay, okay, I can- I'm just saying it as a fact. I see where you're coming from. I'm going to take that, actually, and take it, like, a step further. Because that's also partly why his and Rose's friendship works. It isn't like they're always trying to- You know, we've, we talked way, way, way back when about Rose's tendency to want to, like, compete with other people and, like, one-up them and stuff. John does not have that competition in him. Head empty. <laughs> right. There's nothing Rose can push against. There's nothing uh, Friska can push against. Heck, there's nothing that Dave can push against. It's not exactly that he's a pushover. I mean, sure, like, he's not as intelligent, like, as as clever as some of the other characters, you know, but also he's, like, relentlessly optimistic and trusting, like, always thinks the best of everyone, and, like, has that gotten him into some trouble? Yes, but also it, it provides, like, this shield of just assurance that no one else really seems to have. I really like John. You know how in Yu-Gi-Oh! Haha. <laughs> like, Yu-Gi-Oh! is a very competitive anime. And they have, sure. like, the, the fucking mindscape where, like, when one of the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! boys is asleep and, like, the other one comes out to play, like, they're just in the mindscape. Uh, and it's, like, basically sure. like a room you're in. And, um, I'm just gonna say John, John head empty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of head empty, <laughs> can we talk about fucking... The Terezi and Dave conversations. <laughs> yes, we can. So, I love their rapport very much. They're clever in much the same way. They're clever in a very practical way. So they they'd make good business partners. They do make good business partners, clearly. They crashed, they like fucking got a handle on the stark stock market. <laughs> Made, like, billions of dollars or whatever. Boon dollars, you know. Dave Strider would have voted for Bloomberg, and we all know it. Mm. 
Yeah, Dave. This is this is an anti-Bloomberg podcast. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell from the everything about us, this is an anti-Bloomberg, anti-billionaire in general podcast. Anyway, I didn't mean to do that. It's Super Tuesday. It's it's bound. It was bound to happen. Ah, what was I talking about? Oh God, um, Terezi and Dave. Yeah, Terezi and Dave. So like. The funny thing about Terezi and Dave is, like, it reminds me very much of the Jade, the early Jade-Dave conversations. Hmm. But if Jade was just, like, a little more bitchy. <laughs> Interesting. Elaborate. Well, so, like, mostly it is because of the cool dude par- parallel. Where Terezi is, like, always like, oh, you know, you're a cool dude. Look at this thing I made for you. And it's, like, a shitty comic. The little comics they make for each other make me so happy. The fact that Terezi fucking has these, like, pictures she pulled off of Google or whatever. <laughs> and is just, like, trying to put these sunglasses on there, but they're always wrong. They're they're wrong on purpose. Yes, the funniest fucking thing about it is that you know that she knows where the eyes are. Yeah, because everything else is then in the right place. We saw one of the image descriptions, too. Yes, the the Kool-Aid Man one. When you just decide that your primary pastime as the world's ending and you're trying to make a million boon dollars is to also draw your friend just the shittiest of comics. It just... Horrible. I'm glad they found, like, friendship in each other, because I think both of them need that outlet of just, like, untethered bullshit. They're they're both a little too clever for their own good, and so they need the- they need that outlet for just, like, goofing off. As far- as far as, like, them talking to, like, their other peers, like, Dave and John, like, John often is- you know, too happy for him. Jade is also a little too happy for him. And Rose is it just does not give him the space to roam around in his extended metaphors in. Uh-huh. And as far as Terezi, like, her and Nepeta are like, she's mostly playing to the tune of Nepeta's drum there. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's just how their friendship is set up. And, you know, her and Tavros, you know, that's just old friends who have both been traumatized. <laughs> you know how it is. Tavros is too nice for her to go too hog wild on her. Um, Vriska, there's a lot of baggage. Tavros is the John to Terezi's Dave. Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. And she can't do it with Carcat either because his stick is so far up his ass. Yes. Like, Dave's a little more easygoing. There's just nobody in either of their friend groups that they can truly just go so hog wild on each other. They just vibe. They, they're vibin'. They're vibin'. Vibe check blows up Durst. <laughs> <laughs> no! I'm sorry, it was Prospect and then Durst. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so are everybody's dream selves just fucking dead? Yeah, bye. And Carcat never got to see Prospect, just like John. <laughs> oh. So everybody just has the one life now. Um, it's fine. Is it? It is. Did you notice that one little parallel that they had? <laughs> they had that one little parallel where uh, Rose was talking to Dave about being the leader and she- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blabbering on about friendship and he- she's like, 
statements are that are why you're our leader. And then Kanaya did the same thing to Karkat, but Karkat was just being an asshole. He was just like, oh yeah, I know. And John was like, this is, this is lame. This is ridiculous. And Wes was like, yes. They're both leaders for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that John, in terms of temperament, I'm trying to think of if there's any troll equivalent to John. I guess like the closest would be Nepeta, but even then, the, it, it feels a little different. I I gotta admit, John over the past you know couple of reading sessions has just like, I mean, he was fairly high on my ranking already. Oh yeah, but you love him more. Yes. He might. He and Kanaya are neck and neck right now. See, I'm kind of the opposite. Right now, John is like sinking a little bit for me. Really? Because, like, I think as a character in the narration, he's very important. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's just so goddamn unaware of everything, the highest of stakes game, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. No, see, I like that because to me, everyone else is so hyper aware of this and hyper aware of the stakes and trying to do all this maneuvering and manipulating and like figuring everything out. And John isn't. He's like the only one who isn't. Who's like, I'm going to do the next right thing and trust that it'll work out. And I think that stands out. Not that that's like necessarily better, but I think he feels like really the only one who is in that place. And I can respect that. That makes sense. And I respect your difference of opinion, even though I don't fucking agree with you. Anyway, are you ready to go to the minigame? Yes. (laughs) We've been talking about John for a long time, and I can't wait to get to the end of the minigame so we can talk about Rosemary. All right, everyone, it's uh, time for the uh, weirdest part of the podcast is the uh, mid-episode game. Uh, hi again. I wasn't expecting to hear from you again. I beat you pretty conclusively last time, so... You did not. Oh, I think I did, though. Mmm, I think we're having two different, uh, memory sets. See, I'm from another timeline. Uh, I'm from the timeline where you lost the minigame single-handedly all the way. Mmm, well, that's funny because me here from this timeline won the game last time, uh, so you're gonna be sadly disappointed. Actually, I'd prefer a challenge, so, uh... Would you like to get on with the game? I hope I don't have to explain to you how the game works again. Nope, I pick a card and then you give me in a question and I answer it. And I need to get a royal flush. Today, also, there's a uh, three-question limit because I'm on a budget of time. <laughs> Are you now? I really am. <laughs> it is 9.27 at night and I have been told... By my producer, that that is late at night for a work week. <laughs> it is. Um, okay, then, then we'll get on with it. 
My first card this week is the Two of Hearts. Two of Hearts. You are getting so many hearts. I am. So for the Two of Hearts, uh, to grab this card, you just need to answer me. Name someone Solix has or had a crush on. Aradia. Uh, that, that, is, that is correct. You get that card. Oh, good. One of three. Uh-huh. That was a softball, though, so uh, if you get any of the ones that are harder, I don't think you'll run off as easily. Oh, we'll have to see. My second card is the Nine of Spades. Nine of Spades. Well, then, do me a favor and tell me a fact about Sea Dwellers. Just any fact? A fact. They're basically troll royalty? Does that count? I don't think it does. I could explain it more. Hmm. Like they're higher, they're of a higher blood class than even, than any land dweller? Does that mean that they're all royalty, though? Uh, all that we've met. As far as I know, they're, I don't know if they're all classified as royalty, but they're all of a higher blood class than the land But you said royalty. You said royalty. Then I offered that I could explain. That, that's not a part of the game. You didn't even need three shots, did no, you? No, no, I, I actually think you're making excuses and that I was right. No, I think you were wrong. Mm, I don't know about that. I'm not going to give you that card. Wow, all right. But I will let you draw one more. That's <laughs> right, okay, fine. Fine, a worthy compromise. Five of clubs. Aha! We have the ones that I don't think you'll be able to answer, so... Okay, okay. This game is called Guest List. Aww. So for the five of clubs, Elizabeth, can you tell me where does Finn's name come from? What? You know, from the intermission. (sighs) Well, I think you got me here. Oh, yeah? You thought the intermission wasn't important, bitch? I never said I thought it wasn't important. Uh, I did say I didn't like it. Well, sweetie, I didn't like math class neither, but it was very important because, you know, I gotta know my calculus for all my mob boss and stuff. What kind of mob bossing do you do? Stock market, mostly. Do you need calculus for that? Anyway, Elizabeth... (laughs) You need calculus for my job, for like, for my actual real- I had to learn calculus for my actual real life degree. I don't think you need it for the stock market, you need it for like, the fucking like, natural language processing. Now, I got you. Did you? I did. You, my friend. Uh Uh-huh. Lost the game. Uh, yes, I answered that one question incorrectly. Two, You're right. Two questions incorrect. That was two incorrect but the questions. second question was right, and you just wouldn't accept my answer. If Twitter tells me it's right later, then I'll rescind it. I mean, you know, it's fine either way. It wasn't an important card. Whatever. And the important thing is I actually did know what I was talking about. Do you know what happens when you lose the game? 
Yes, I get to go talk about Rosemary um, as soon as you let Liz out of the closet. No, actually, it means I shoot her in the face. Um, could you hold off on that for, like, one more week? Don't worry about it. I'll just send in a different timeline one for you. All right. Oh, don't do that. That gets so messy. You have to mess with stable time loops and stuff. Oh, don't I'm out. Bang, bang. (laughs) Hey, Elizabeth. Mm Mm-hmm. So I know I said we'd talk about Rosemary, but there's like one more thing I got to talk about first. Oh, I want to talk about Rosemary. It's it's slightly related to Rosemary. Okay, fine. Elizabeth, I opened my viewport into your home, <laughs> and I noticed that you've got, like, a bucket in your bathroom. Like, you just leave that out? <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. Oh, my God. Like, full disclosure, like, the only way I've seen these jokes are, like, the fandom jokes about it that get, like, really not as funny. The original version of this is so good. It's really good. The thing is, it's so good because Hussie has found a way of telling age-appropriate alien dirty jokes like (laughs) it's fucking genius because he also has found out a way to make like extremely r-rated pornography jokes and make them just uh, consumable to everybody without making anyone uncomfortable about it wait except for you know the fictional trolls well, it's funny when they're uncomfortable about it because they're fictional. And no one is meaning to make anyone uncomfortable. And in fact, John was very conscientious about getting rid of all of his cleaning supplies. <laughs> he was very nice about it. And I actually do appreciate that. I know. He was like, well, I'm making this person because he doesn't know it's Riska and comfortable. So I'm just going to eat all my brooms and buckets off into the void. He just assumed it was all cleaning supplies. Well, that's what she said. That's what she said. He didn't assume it. She was like, oh yeah, cleaning supplies. She did lie to him about that. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to imagine this hypothetical scenario. Uh Huh? If the child is still listening to this podcast, please take them out. I was just going to say, at the child's parents. Fast forward a little bit on this one. (laughs) Fast forward. So imagine you are are talking to somebody Uh and- they they are an alien. Uh-huh. And you have a big crush on them. Uh-huh. You can see them on their sc- on your screen and you're like, "Man, that's a weird-looking alien, but, you know, fine." And then you notice just like lying on their floor, there's just a whole strip of condoms there. And when you ask them about it, they're like, "Oh yeah, my rubber cleaning gloves." <laughs> that's what it's like. That's what it fucking is. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay. All right, I guess. This is fine. This is fine. I'm just gonna sit here and die of embarrassment, you know? Or like, imagine this, you have have a crush that is an alien. 
And, you know, you look on the viewport and it's like the first time you've seen them on the viewport or whatever. And they open a door and a whole roll of condoms just falls <laughs> on their head. <laughs> really, that actually sounds more funny than anything, but... And then, like, you shield your computer from everyone else because you're afraid that people will think you're watching porn? <laughs> That's true. Sure, what it was. <laughs> like, there was so much good Kanaya content. Rosemary aside, there was so much good Kanaya content. I fucking love Kanaya. Like, I think she's elevated very much for me. Oh, good. In my age, mm -hmm. I relate to Kanaya a lot more. Yeah. Just everything. I think what I like most about the Rose and Kanaya conversations is that at first glance, they're so similar. The two of them, they seem similar enough that it, it could almost be boring. But then when you put them together, it's like, oh, they're actually pretty different in some very distinct ways. Rose is like way more reckless than her. Yeah, way, way more. And I think, I think Kanaya is like extremely more socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I think as well. She's a little more uncertain. Kanaya tries really hard. She's going to Dave for advice, you know. She's going to Carcat for advice, tripping over herself trying to tell Rose about how she read her walkthrough. And then she's, like, anxious about how reckless Rose is being. She's worried about Rose. Like, she's, like, she's, she's sweet in a way that Rose is more prickly. You know, and I think nowhere is it more obvious than that conversation that we'd read before. I think the, their third conversation it was, where Rose was like, I'm busy. And I remember reading that before and going like, Rose, be nice to Kanaya. And I had the and same reaction. And now it's even more. <laughs> and now it's even more. I'm like, Rose, come on. And Kanaya's just, like, really trying, like, she's really trying to be friends with Rose so badly. It, it's, it's interesting because, like, on the one hand, we have this distinct impression of, like, troll relationships and friendships and how trolling is, in a lot of ways, the way to build that up. And yet Kanaya doesn't even quite seem to see it like that because she's like, oh, I guess human friendships are just like this. I guess so so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be abrasive like she is and it's almost a switched dynamic. Yeah. There's actually this thing when people have like crushes on someone and it's called mirroring. Mm-hmm. It's like when you do you do pick up some things of the uh the object of your affections. Mm-hmm. Some like speech patterns and like also just like other stuff like that. And it, it it's it's interesting that Kanaya is doing that. Oh yeah. Kanaya, are you gay? <laughs> Kanaya is just very gay. I mean, she doesn't have the word for it, but are you? Boy, if only she did, because then she would be able to say that she was. You know, maybe maybe later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Once you, like, lay out all of their conversations in Kanaya's order. It does seem a little one-sided. Yeah. Which me, me, Liz, stepping outside of everything, knows that's, I mean, like, maybe at this point, sure, but not later. Right. This is spoiler, but, I mean, you've seen, Elizabeth knows. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, I think a, a lot of the time anyway, things like that start as one-sided. And also, there's extenuating circumstances. Clearly, they're in the middle of an apocalypse. Maybe if they're stopping in the middle of an apocalypse and, like, are on, like, a meteor with, like, no adult supervision or anything. <laughs> Just hypothetically. Just hypothetically. A scenario that could never happen, clearly. I'm just saying. Yeah. Now, Kanai is also a little worried about Rose's dark magic just like her general well-being and also the dark magic stuff yeah she's just like okay rose let's calm down a little bit and rose is like don't worry about me i've been listening to whispers from the gods of the the old gods the old gods and kanai is like mm, have you now <laughs> the whole conversation where like Rose fucking lifts a whole, like, island into the air and starts, like, tearing it apart yeah. piece by piece. And, like, Kanaya is just like, put that down! <laughs> you don't know where that's been! <laughs> I'm worried about Rose. Yeah, since she disappears in a couple of hours. Well, I know what, I know what happens to her, but, you know. Hey, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. What's the green sun? Um, boy, I don't know, and Kanaya doesn't either. Great. Thanks for your incompetence. What did Rose say about that? <laughs> I don't remember. That was a very simple transaction or something. That was, a, that was a very simple transaction. Yeah. Also, quick thing, Earth Italian food. Yeah. Just that word suggests that troll Italian food exists. Which also suggests that troll Italians exist. You can't just sling words around, hussy. Later on, it is confirmed that troll Japan does exist. Well? Like, that sounds like a shitpost. It's real. I- That- That- Well, I guess then probably troll Italy also exists? I guess. But anyway, uh, that's- not Rosemary, which is what I really care about in this world. Yes. Man, I can't wait until it's not one-sided. I know. I'm very much looking forward to that. I, I'm enjoying that it's it's drawn out, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's not just dropping lesbians in your lap <laughs> on a silver platter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, that's also what I really like about this sequence is that it's you know, this is going to sound like the bare minimum of anything, and it is, but also, you know, when you are 16, I mean, the bare minimum of anything is just like, well, I'm glad to read experiences of other people, just in general. Right. It's just so fucking normal. It's treated exactly the same as any of the other crushes and relationships and whatever. And again, like, Having that be portrayed as normal and, like, you know, something that happens is, again, the most bare minimum you can do. But I'm glad that it's here. Mm-hmm. It's still important, even if it is the bare minimum. It's also very cute. Yes. Kanaya just having a crush is very cute. Mm hmm The thing I love about Kanaya is that she's, she's really one of, I would say, the more realistic character at least at least to me maybe i just maybe i just relate to her too much uh-oh 
I think you just really like and relate to Kanaya. Awesome. But, like, she's very, she's trying to coordinate all of these things, you know, she's she's a meddling meddler and all of that, whatever. But also, she is just, she is just such a huge dork. She's awkward. She's still 13. She's 13, and she wants to be a vampire. Isn't that every 13-year-old? Yeah, yeah. This is why I like both her and, and John. Like, she seems freer than a lot of the trolls, and I like that. She seems more herself than a lot of them seem to be themselves. Also, uh, can I say one more Mm -hmm. Rosemary thing, and I swear I'll stop? No, no, go on, please. My other favorite thing about it is that, like, through none of this does Kanaya ever, like, straight up say, like, Oh, I have a crush on Rose. You just fucking know. (laughs) Even if I had never heard anything about Rosemary before, like, it's very clear. When we read earlier ones, conversations just, like, completely out of context, I remember you were just like, Hey, Liz? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know Rose and Kanaya are both, like, your two favorites. Well, um... I know, I I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) It's not Rose anymore, it's John. <laughs> come, come on. Rose was never in, like, my top, top uh, character. She's too much like you. <laughs> I know you're, uh, in your dreams, the old gods come to you. <laughs> yeah, you know me and my reckless dark magic. Oh, another thing, I do also like how Kanayo is like, hey, do you want to, like, have fun with outfits? No. Instead of, like, dying. Yeah. Anyway, I know that, like, this is your element. Is there anything else you want to just, like, get out while we're here? You can even just gush if you want. I don't fucking care. I have already gushed for a long time now, it feels like, over these very good characters. There wasn't much more. Um, I think we hit all of like the important things. I did like that last panel that we ended on. The that is a preposterous amount of money. This is an absolutely preposterous amount of money. Where she just like takes her her glasses off. I just fucking realized mm-hmm. Dave didn't even need to get any money from John because like Terezi was talking to him about like, oh yeah, you got this like a million years ago. Yeah, like, Dave was so worried about getting enough money, and Terezi was like, yeah, you know, we're just passing the time. You have so much money now. You're good. The way Dave was shaking down John for money reminds me of, like, every uncle at Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) What? You know, like, that's that thing where, like, uncles just ask people for money. Like, none of my uncles do it. It's just, like, something that, like, is in the media sphere, I feel like. I've I've never seen that in a a media. You've never seen, like, the uncle hitting people up for money thing? No, I don't think so. Anyway, we're gonna put up a Twitter poll that is, have you seen the uncle hitting people up for money stereotype in media? Or do you have an uncle? (laughs) 
Or do you have an uncle who keeps hitting people up for money? I didn't even know this was a thing. It's a thing, as far as I know. Oh my god. Anyway, that's going to be all of the homestuck we have for today. Today, we read through, fuck, what pages did we read through? Um, don't tell me, don't tell me, I got it, I got it, fuck you. Wow, okay, I just thought since I wrote the episode description for today's episode earlier, so I know exactly what page we ended off there, I know off the top of my head, um, so I thought I would just help you out. We we read through pages, we read through pages 2002, wait, 2727 through... Oh, no, wait, that's different. Yeah, no, um, we no. Th- Shut up, Elizabeth! Let me do my fucking job! <laughs> well, you're doing a bad fucking job of it! Let me just finish! Um, we read through pages 2,668 through 2,758. Yes. You can read all of Homestuck on homestuck.com. And if you need accessible versions, they can be found on our Tumblr. LookHowSane.tumblr.com On that Tumblr, you can find transcriptions for every episode that we do of this podcast. Uh, You can find that here, there, and everywhere, too. Pretty much anywhere where an episode is linked. And uh, you can read through Elizabeth transcribing things that I say, such as The The Grins! Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it as bright as as it was in the panels but yes we also have a twitter which is at how underscore sane that's where you know you could send us a question or a comment or things like that you know we're around sometimes liz posts funny things that i say because you know i'm just funny all the time even when we're not recording Google Earth always watching, except audio. Uh, speaking of audio, our music is done by Jean Valjean. Uh-huh. Actually, it's John Michael, Elizabeth's brother. Thank you, John Michael. It's a very good track. Yes, we always appreciate it every time. Please go rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about us. Maybe don't tell your friends with children. This is not a bedtime <laughs> podcast. Not safe for bedtime. Not safe for bedtime. We should get quieter because, you know, they're going to want to put a child to yeah, bed well, soon. Hopefully, remember, hopefully they skipped that conversation. Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. And remember, everybody, until next time, remember that Friska did nothing wrong. She certainly did nothing wrong in her conversations with John, aside from, you know, a little light creepiness. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.